Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What is happening, Chicago Bearsons? This is C-Formation Conversation. I'm your host, Lester Wolfgang. I am back with Dr. Mason West. Mason, what's up, man? I haven't talked to you in, in a few weeks. What's going on? Yeah, I feel like it's been forever since we actually got to like talk talk. Uh, I'm doing yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, the Bears, not as much, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. So I want to get you on here. The injury report just dropped on, on late Friday afternoon. Uh, the final report for the week. But before we get into the actual injury report, I, I want to talk to you about a couple of the Bears offensive linemen that's on IR. Uh, of course, Tevin Jenkins has been on IR the whole season so far. He is due to come off if if able to after the fourth game. So after the Bronco game next week. But he was seen at practice on, on Friday doing some jogging around, running around. There was no noticeable limp. Now we're talking about a calf injury. That's what was reported. What's your take on Tevin Jenkins? Do you think it was a strain, a pull, something? Do you think he may be back, you know, as soon as he can be for uh, that week five game? Yeah, from my understanding, from, you know, the little that we do know from it and what we've seen from him, um, that, yeah, it was just, you know, a strained calf, potentially both of those calves, uh, according to the various reports. Uh, you're going to end up getting something like that, usually due to an overuse kind of injury. Uh, you look at the week that they had back with the Colts, you know, they had these live practices that were pretty intense from, from all the reports uh, and almost like live games. Hence why I know the bears actually held out a couple guys from that game in the first place. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, you do some extra work, you know, with some of those guys who probably maybe weren't going to play on that Saturday and then boom, you get this overuse injury. Um, you know, it's matching the timeline as well. So, you know, with a yeah. strain of a calf, a smaller one, you know, a grade one, you're going to probably look, miss a week or two. The We're looking at something more of that grade two verging into grade three. So it makes sense that he's able to jog out there. You know, next question ends up being, what does his power look like the explosion, right? Those are the times you're really going to get uh, potentially an exacerbation. It's not as much that linear work um, and that light jog. It's going to be more, okay, what about a jump? What about, you know, he drives off the line on a run block. And that's what they're going to be working towards this next week or so. Uh, by my thought process, as long as that goes well and he can return to some of those football-esque activities, he should be back, like you said, in that week five game. The Bears need him. I mean, the Bears all line. I mean, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. I thought it would be a bigger mess. Um, Cody Whitehair, he is who he is. You know, he's just the, an, an older guy. Um, I, I just want to see this old line get back to what it should be, what they planned, what the plan was. And, of course, that's not going to happen for a little longer because left tackle Braxton Jones, um, he played the whole game in Tampa Bay. Uh, but then after the game, at some point, something happened with his neck. Uh, they actually put him on injured reserve. And on your show on Thursday night on Bare Bones, you had a theory that I never even thought about, but that's why you're the doctor. Can you explain it a little bit about that theory you have about Braxton Jones' neck injury? Yeah, absolutely. So if it was something scarier, more robust, you know, everyone goes, when you hear neck, you think a bulging disc, you think a fracture, all these all these kinds of things. 
he he wouldn't have finished that game, right? Because all of a sudden you're going to have nerve symptoms. You're even if it was something like a stinger, you're going to have maybe some numbness, some tingling, some muscle weakness in the arm. Uh, same thing if, if with a with a fractured vertebrae. Your the pain's not going to be to a point where you could be going to be able to play. So my thought process was, well, potentially is it whiplash? You know, something that a lot of us have dealt with at some point in time, whether it's with sports or like talks about on bare bones, maybe a car accident. You know, you, you get into that car accident, high speed of velocity. Usually your neck whips one direction, then the other, that coup contra coup, as it would be called, potentially leads to things like concussions if it's bad enough. But if not, you still at a minimum get this rapid force that goes into the neck. And a lot of times, whether it's due to, uh, you know, some of the adrenaline that's going with something like that, your neck is still warm, all those things. You feel okay, you know, you're a little, eh, I don't feel super great, but you're able to go about your day. You know, you fill out the insurance issues or whatever else you have to do. You go to sleep, you wake up the next morning, and all of a sudden it's like, I just, I cannot turn my neck at all. What the heck happened to me? And there's a lot of times a delayed effect when it comes to that, right? You go to bed, everything just kind of settles in, tightens up, and the muscles are screaming, hey, we got you through the rest of your day, but we need a little more help here. Now, something like that, why you're going to end up going on IR, it does take some time. You know, uh, when I've dealt with motor vehicle accident patients myself, uh, neck pain and stuff, yes, I might be able to get more range of motion within a week or two, but yet those people are just going back to their daily jobs, <laughs> you know, whatever that might be. You're They're not, not going back to playing you know. football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you really need those four weeks of not just to be able to get the full range of motion back, but you also need that time to be able to create stability and strength again in the neck. So best case scenario, it's something like whiplash. I'm assuming they would have had an MRI or an x-ray done. So worst case scenario, I mean, if there's some actual damage there, then we're talking the season. If, if, if there's something like actual, like a break or a fracture or something like that. But best case scenario, whiplash, worst case scenario, you know, fingers crossed, hope he's fine. Yeah, it's one of those things where, again, like these players, right, they have access whether it's right after the game, during the game, or even afterwards to x-rays, MRIs pretty much immediately, right? I mean, look at the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. The next day we found out about his Achilles yeah. tear. We don't, they don't have to wait a week like the rest of us schlubs who have to wait to get an MRI. If it was something like, you know, going back to uh, some, something like Tevin Jenkins had where they knew right away, like, you are done for the season, he'd be on season-ending IR, not IR with the hopes of coming back. So even, you know, worst case scenario, there maybe there's some ligament stuff that they might have missed due to some inflammation that was on the MRI or on the x-ray. But because he wasn't put on that season ending IR, I'm pretty confident that he should be playing this year. I mean, if there was something serious, they probably would have had a surgery at some point would have been, you know, yeah, they would have announced been the or leaked or something. So, okay. So uh, that's good. I mean, best case scenario, let's get him back because like I said, I want to see what they envisioned. I mean, that of course goes with Nate Davis and we're going to get into that real quick here. Cause we're going to jump into the uh, injury report. Uh, like I said, Friday afternoon, it came out here it is. And, and let's, let's, let's talk with Nate Davis. He's on the report. Uh, yeah. It's questionable. We all know this deal. Now he's going to deal with a death in the family. Um, you know, he was at practice Wednesday. He was not there Thursday. He was living on Friday. You know, who knows, who knows if he's still dealing with some stuff. I mean, it hasn't come out who the, the, the family member was. Maybe he has to take care of, of things. Maybe he's he's the point person on this. So it happens, you know. So so who knows? He may play, he may not. Um, hopefully he doesn't play till he's right. You know, get the mind right, get back focusing, get back in there. But I, I do want to see this O-line because I think they have some potential here to be pretty good. Um, what do you think about Jatari Carter last week as a fill-in in his first ever NFL action, really? Jatari Carter was interesting because for the most part, when I watched him in the game and then went back and watched him in the film, 
you know, as a whole, overall pretty good for someone who was kind of, you know, are you going to be center? Are you going to be guard? Where are you going to fill in? Can you be attacked? You kind of just got moved around all summer and you never really felt like really solid about where he would be. But, you know, there are a couple of big plays that stood out and like the big plays really mattered. You know, the one that I think most people talk about is that final screen pass where, you know, your job is to lose gracefully <laughs> to the uh, yeah. defensive lineman that's coming through. And he held up the line, a linebacker in this case, held him up too long and put him right in the path of the ball. And again, I didn't see a ton of issues, but the ones that happened, they, they were big. So as far as the injury report goes, Khalid Kareem, you mentioned him on your show. He's a guy that they that they cut Terrell, Dick, Terrell Lewis for. He's been inactive every game. He's out. That's not a loss. You'd like to see him get back and eventually make an impact for Chicago, but thus far he's done nothing. But but they have one guy on here that's Eddie Jackson. He's doubtful yeah. with a foot injury. And you know when he got hurt in the game, it was a non-contact injury. You know, of course, we all thought about what happened the last time he got hurt with the uh, Liz Frank injury. Do you think it's something like that, or do you think it's just maybe one of those things where you just got to work through it? It's similar to the previous conversation with uh, Braxton Jones. Uh, if it was something like a Liz Frank, you know, a Liz Frank, it's a fracture. It's a break in, in whatever way you put it, even the most the mildest ones. And any bone, either stress fracture or, you know, anything, a hairline, it's going to take six to eight weeks to, to heal like that's just the timeline on it so you know he would have been put on ir to, to free up a spot he would have been put if not season ending ir if it was something like that if it was something more you know robust soft tissue wise like an achilles issue right same same exact story the fact that they had him participating or hopefully participating in practice and then turning out not being able to to me that shows that there's something more likely just soft tissue issue within the actual foot itself, probably secondarily, right. To what, what went on last year with, with that Liz Frank and then, and going forward, but they clearly had hopes that he would be able to play. Now he's listed as doubtful. Is there a chance that he can still play? Yeah. Maybe he wakes up on Sunday morning and it feels fine. He's the kind of player that you don't necessarily need to have a week of practice in order to play, but you know, doubtful is the right way to put it. So if there's no Eddie Jackson, and I, I'm guessing they're going to lean be cautious with this, especially where the Bears are right now. Yeah, I mean, Elijah Hicks is going to be coming in here probably. He, he didn't have the best of games. I mean, he's a, a second-year pro, uh, a seventh-round draft pick, you know, last year. What is your confidence level if, if it's Elijah Hicks back there in the secondary? And we haven't mentioned it yet, but going against Patrick Mahomes, who is probably looking to get things going because he's struggled a bit, his offense a little bit with the Chiefs, but – Where's your confidence level with Elijah Hicks? And let's also talk about the nickel spot. I mean, Josh Blackwell's back, but, you know, they're missing Kyler Gordon. So how do you see Patrick Mahomes attacking the Chicago secondary? It's it's a weird mix, man, because like you said, the Chiefs have been kind of rough offensively. I mean, still the Chiefs and they're still producing, but it's not at that Chiefs level. They tend to start slow each year. It's an odd Chiefs phenomenon, but this is slower than normal. And um, we'll get to the the Chiefs injuries in a, a little bit here too. But you know they're banged up as well in their receiving core. So there's nothing. And even when they were healthy, I mean Patrick Mahomes went on record saying that he doesn't know who's number one is. He doesn't really know where he's going with the ball more often than not. So it's a weird situation. So when you combine that against what the Bears are dealing with in their secondary, it's a lot of question mark versus question mark right now. And we, so what you said about how confident am I, Elijah Hicks? I'm not. <laughs> it's, and I thought it was odd that they didn't bring back DeAndre Houston Carter for this exact reason. Their safety yeah, yeah, depth is very questionable. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a rough going right now. Yeah, I talked about it a couple weeks ago. It's like the fact that the you're you're trusting these two young 
backup safeties when you know, there's cap space. You could have made a move for a veteran, brought a guy in that you crossed any situations. I'm just not sure there's much there behind the safety spot. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's I'm sure they believe in the young guys. But you know what? When they got to play, you know, they, they struggled last week. And Baker Mayfield put up over 300 yards passing. Right. And, and now it's Patrick Mahomes. So uh, you didn't mention um, we're going to go to the Chiefs. But real quick, um, Eddie Jackson, this is the, a Bears-y thing. You know, they've done this in the past where they've waited till the Saturday prior to the game. And then they made the, their IR move. So if you listen to this show, make sure you check Windy City Gridiron. If they do by chance put Eddie Jackson on IR or something or any changes to the report, we will have the uh, the information there ASAP. So let's go to the Chiefs. You mentioned some wide receiver problems. Uh, Richie James, he is out. Uh, he's also their uh, th- their return specialist, correct? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kadarius Tony, questionable. Who he has questionable hands. We've seen that uh, early on in the season. But like you said, man, Patrick Mahomes, he's been struggling. I, I did a Chiefs podcast uh, uh, the other day, and you know, off the record, we're kind of talking a little bit, and he's like, "Yeah, man, he's a little concerned how the Chiefs have started." Obviously, they were missing Kelsey the first week. Um, all the drops from Tony in that game as well. They lost to the Lion. And then, of course, you know, last week against the Jags, they pulled it out. But it's not the same Mahomes offense we're used to seeing. Who, who's their go-to guy now? Is it is it Marquez Valdez Scantling? Is that really the, their guy? I mean, like you said, Mahomes doesn't really have a go-to guy at receiver. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, the obvious answer someone's going to say is going to be Travis Kelsey. And, you know, he's still coming back from, from that injury, you know, that, that he, that hyperextension of that knee is not nothing to shirk at. And the fact he only missed one week is pretty incredible because I think because it's Travis Kelsey, but you still are going to have decreased power output even now, three weeks later. So that's, you can't rely on him in totality. So you have to be able to look at the rest of this receiving core. And as you just said, it's very questionable. Kadarius Tony has been has his hands have not been how you want them to be. Um, you look at Isaiah Pacheco, who is also questionable with a hamstring. A lot of soft tissue yeah. issues this year uh, across the league. But um, there's not the healthiest guy is Marquez Valdez Scantling. He's just a dude, right? He's just a dude. You, you don't yeah. have the same pop that you did. And the question is, is there enough Mahomes magic to force the ball into the chest of these guys? Uh, you mentioned Pacheco running back, also questionable. Um, but they kind of have a stable. They don't have one main guy that does all, all, all the running there. So I think they'll be fine there. Um, but then on defense, you know, Nick Bolton, linebackers out. Willie Gay is linebackers questionable. Like like you said, this is not the same Chiefs team. Maybe they're having a little bit of a, of a Super Bowl hangover. You know, I mean, we've seen that happen throughout the league. We, we don't expect it with a guy like Mahomes and Reed and what they have going on over there. But what's your pick for the game? Are you picking the, the Chiefs like, like most uh, – most people are. Are you going to buck the trend and go with uh, with the Bears? I mean, in all reality, it, you're picking the Chiefs in this. You know, I want to pick the Bears, but you know, if I'm picking against the line, uh, the spread that, that I'm pick Bears because I think that's a gigantic, insane number. It Twelve is, and a half, yeah. I believe, is what it's at. I, I, I'm going to say backdoor cover at a minimum. Um, I know everyone's saying that this is a get right game for the Chiefs, just to you know make them feel good and and reset. But I also think it could be a situation where you're catching them at a, at a funky time that if if they actually adjust the offense to what fits justin and to what this off the rest of these weapons can do i think you can surprise some people i really really do um and the defense played better last week in my opinion there's a lot more pressure now they have to get yannick and gakwe in the gym and be able to bring down the quarterback that'd be fantastic yeah. but you know it's 
it's a better situation than I think most people are making it, but I'm still not going to confidently pick the Bears. So, you know, to cover, yes. <laughs> but uh, straight up, no, I'm going to pick St. Chiefs. I'm going, I'm going uh, Chiefs to win, and I think Chiefs will cover. I think the Bears' offense will be, be, be much better. I think uh, they're going to – Luke is going to go back to some of the stuff that worked last year for him. I think he's going to stick to the run a little bit more, just kind of, you know, let the offense get comfortable, let the old line get comfortable. Now, because that, that Chiefs, they have a pretty pretty good defense over there. I mean, uh, Steve Spagnuolo is a pretty good coordinator. He'll do his thing. He'll call some some different fronts. He'll do some twists and stunts. Mm-hmm. He'll keep those guys on their toes. So let's get him going downhill. Let Justin Fields do some stuff with his legs, get him out of the pocket. I think he'll have his, his best game this year, which I know is not saying much because he's been pretty down this year. But I, I think he'll be fine. Then I think as the year progresses – you know, we'll start seeing, you know, baby steps from this offense and, and all the panic that we have as Bears fans these two weeks, it's it's going to start to fade away. It's just the the worst timing of stuff, right? Between the, the last two weeks of actual football, between, you know, your DC stepping down, between the comments that I still feel like Justin is fine with saying, I hear where he's coming from on this. I think it was overblown yeah, with some bad tweets that, that, were, that were just stupid, to be honest. Um, and then apparently they have a hundred thousand dollars of equipment also stolen. Uh, yeah. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but it's just this: the pack, the Packers game holds more oomph than most games. Then yes. you, everyone gets all riled up. You know, if you could re- change your schedule and put that Packers game at week eight, and you could put the Raiders game in week one, are we having a different conversation? Probably. It's just, it's just is what it is. It's all good, but. Uh... That's a quick one. Make sure you guys all keep your eye on Bare Bones every Thursday in its regular spot at 5 Central. Uh, the information conversation, uh, it's kind of, I'm kind of up in the air. You know, I kind of do some stuff. I did a show two weeks ago I missed last week. It's kind of up in the air. What's going on with my schedule? Um, whether I'm live or not, Second City Gridiron for the video. Of course, on the podcast channel, WindyCityGridiron.com. And, of course, stay tuned to all the cool stuff we have on both the video and the audio channel. Jacob Infante is going to be doing the uh, the guest host for our post-game show this week. Bill Zimmerman has some prior commitments, so tune in for the post-game. As soon as the Chiefs game ends, whether win, lose, or draw for the Bears, uh, Jake will be on there taking your questions on our post-game show. So until next time, bear it on, my friends. <laughs>